Have you ever wished that you had a direct line to your pediatrician to ask all the questions that constantly crop up while parenting? We sure have. That's why we launched the Bites of Health podcast. Every morning, we'll answer a commonly asked pediatric question in five minutes or less. You can tune in while you're making your second cup of coffee or from the school drop-off line. So be sure to tune in to Bites of Health, streaming now. Many years from now, you're walking down an empty street. At the other end of the block, a figure appears. At first, you assume they have all the qualities of a fellow human being. But then you notice something odd. Instead of walking down the block with purpose, they have sort of a shuffling, side-to-side way of walking. Almost like a toddler taking a directionless stroll. Then, all of a sudden, they pause. Their head snaps quickly in your direction, and they start to move with purpose now. A discombobulated run. You realize that they are not as human as you first thought. And they're picking up speed. You look to your left and to your right, but the shops are boarded up and there's no alley to turn down. You shouldn't have come out here alone, but your group needed supplies. You're doing the best you can to survive. The zombie apocalypse. Dun, dun, dun. You might have guessed from the description that the figure coming towards you in that story is a zombie. While lots of us might believe that zombies are just fictional creatures in movies or TV shows, or maybe something we could be for Halloween, there are people who think that while zombies might not exist now, a zombie apocalypse could happen. In this scenario, a worldwide disease turns most human beings into zombies, effectively destroying modern civilization and leaving survivors to figure out how to live in the new world order. But before we imagine any further what an apocalypse could look like, What exactly is a zombie? Where did the word come from? And what are they like? I'm Elise Parisian, and we'll learn about all this and more on today's episode of Unspookable. Zombies created when someone dies and then they just come out back to life, but they're not their self, they're a zombie. And they're like green and look like old people, but they're all like, like really, really old people, like a thousand year old people. Zombies look like green and they usually have scars or bites on them. The bites come from when zombies bite other people, turn them into zombies. They might have scars since they got killed. A zombie is green and has lots of goo all over it and like it's has really creepy eyes and like its mouth is open and its arms are waving all around. Zombies come from graveyards where people have died. I feel like zombies could have like exist a long, long time ago. Like like if like they've made something like kind of like aliens because I believe in aliens and like 
that's that's what I think of them, really. Like an alien that's just psycho. Zombies are usually created when nuclear or toxic things are put on the body that they come from. As you heard just now, many people hear the word zombie and they think of an undead creature. Something that used to be human but isn't anymore. Maybe it can walk around. Maybe it has some resemblance to the person that it used to be, but it's definitely not the same. We might even think that zombies want to eat humans, or at least human brains. How did those ideas develop? Well, the word zombie has been around for a long time, but it hasn't always had the variety of meanings it can have today in popular culture. It originated in Haiti, a country in the Caribbean Sea near Cuba, Jamaica, and the Bahamas. Haiti is on the west side of the island called Hispaniola, and the Dominican Republic is on the east side. This island was originally inhabited by the Taino people, before Christopher Columbus started a wave of harmful colonization in 1492 that brought many Europeans to the island. Haiti was colonized by the French, and over time, native people's languages mixed with European languages, as well as the primarily West African languages of enslaved people that were forced onto the island by Europeans. Zombie is the French-Haitian pronunciation of a word that can also be pronounced zombie in Creole Haitian. Originally, this word specifically meant an undead creature that was created by reanimating a corpse through magic. Some people think that zombie relates to the West African words nzambi or nzumbi, which have to do with the soul or the spirit, and with the power of a god or perhaps a sorcerer to direct a spirit to wander the earth and prey upon the living. In Haitian folklore, the idea of a zombie may have just been a scary story, the way that many different cultures tell scary stories, as we've heard many times on Unspookable. Did people actually believe that there were magicians who had the power to make the dead walk again and control them so they would do their bidding? Perhaps some people did, but the idea of zombies took on a different dimension when taken outside of its original culture, something we have also seen happen with many stories on Unspookable. In 1929, a man from the United States named W.B. Seabrook wrote a book called The Magic Island, which introduced lots of English speakers to the idea of zombies. The book is about a narrator who encounters a voodoo cult in Haiti that makes zombies. As you can probably imagine, the story deeply exaggerates and negatively misinterprets Haitian culture, especially voodoo which came to be associated with dark or harmful magic, when it's actually a very complex set of religious and healing practices in Afro-Caribbean cultures like Hades. Many white, English-speaking people around this time were being bombarded by ideas like this, that Afro-Caribbean culture was occult or scary. Why would someone like Seabrook write this way? Why do you think negative or scary stories about these cultures were told to white people in the United States? Although the introduction of zombies into popular culture may not have happened under the best circumstances, the 19th and 20th centuries saw an explosion of different zombie stories in literature and later film and television that captured the imaginations of people worldwide. More on that in just a moment. 
Well, if you were going to survive a zombie apocalypse, I think you would need friends to help you because you can't just survive alone in a zombie apocalypse. You're going to die and turn into a zombie. You'd probably need fighting skills and strength to survive a zombie apocalypse. I think I could survive a zombie apocalypse, and I think you'd need self-defense and weapons, and zombies are pretty slow, and I'm pretty fast, so I think I could definitely, definitely, like, survive it, and, like, there might be a bunch of them, and maybe we, like, what if we just, like, took an airplane and no, like a rocket ship and, like, flew out of Earth. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I'd survive a zombie apocalypse because I'm not even responsible in real life. I think I might be able to stand a zombie apocalypse because I do have a lot of fake weapons that might help me, including a plastic shield and plastic and plastic daggers, a foam sword, and a balloon lava hammer. His yellow skin scarcely covered the work of muscles and arteries beneath. His hair was of a lustrous black and flowing, his teeth of a pearly whiteness. This is how author Mary Shelley describes Frankenstein's monster in her famous 1818 novel. The novel tells the story of Victor Frankenstein, a scientist whose experiments with chemistry and magic result in an eight-foot-tall ogre, or demon, who searches for his place in human society and seeks revenge on his creator. Shelley wrote the book beginning at age 18, as part of a contest between her and a group of male writers to see who could write the best ghost story. She won easily, and some scholars consider Frankenstein to be the first true work in the genre of science fiction. In the book, the creation of Frankenstein's monster is deliberately mysterious, part science, part magic. But do we think it fits the idea of what a zombie is? Victor creates life where there was none. The monster is almost human, but not quite, creating a crisis within the monster himself, which many think is the scariest part of the book, that he could be that close to being human, but still not fit in. As time goes on, the idea of zombies becomes more and more complicated. Who are they? What do they want? Why do they exist? Is it possible to have a friendly zombie? Could they be as complex as humans? No longer simply corpses animated by magic, zombies begin to have origin stories of all kinds. As many people shifted away from belief in magic, to belief in science, the theme of scientists creating zombie-like creatures instead of sorcerers or magicians becomes more popular. Writer H.P. Lovecraft has a famous story from 1921 about the scientist Herbert West, who experiments with corpses to try and reanimate them. Though he does not directly call them zombies, many people see these references to the undead as part of zombie history. Then, in 1968, filmmaker George Romero completely exploded the zombie idea into mainstream popular culture with his film, Night of the Living Dead. 
In the movie, a group of people in rural Pennsylvania are threatened by undead monsters. They eventually learn that these creatures are motivated by their quest for human flesh and are running rampant across the U.S. Many fans think this film popularized both the zombie subset of the horror genre and the idea of the zombie apocalypse, where civilization as we know it is threatened by zombie takeover. Romero himself was inspired by literature and comics that use both the mad scientist idea and the fantasy and magic influences, like Tales from the Crypt, Vault of Horror, and Weird Science. Romero combines these ideas with ideas in Richard Matheson's novel I Am Legend from 1954, where the main character appears to be the sole survivor of a pandemic or fast-spreading disease outbreak that changes humans into zombie or vampire-like creatures. This is what makes Romero's take on zombies so unique and influential. The threat to civilization as we know it, the imagery of the living dead as almost human, and the result of a possible pandemic. This combination of ideas has come to define what a zombie is for us. Romero never used the word zombie, but many fans do, and his work has inspired many storytellers to continue to expand on what a zombie could be. Romero's living dead represent one type of zombie that we know pretty well. They aren't very smart or very coordinated, they have a singular focus on human flesh, but not much bodily ability to get it. But what happens as time goes on, and the possibilities for these characters expand? Well, for one thing, we get fast zombies. That's right. Much to humans' dismay, later storytellers begin to ask, what if they aren't stupid and bumbling? What if they can run? A revival of zombie stories in the early 2000s may have started with a series of popular Japanese video games like Resident Evil. A new wave of movies with fast zombies started to emerge. In 28 Days Later, a virus results in zombies that have similar wants as they've always had, but they are superhumanly fast. So is the zombie apocalypse imminent? Are there any good zombies out there? Back with that in a second. The zombies I've heard of are like the game Plants vs. Zombies, and I've heard my sister and my mom talking about watching The Walking Dead. And whenever they mention The Walking Dead, they also um, mention American Horror Story, but I don't think they have that many zombies. I've heard of The Walking Dead and... Planet Zombies, and uh, there's this other video game that, like, you have to, like, I don't know, it's like you have to type fast to, like, run away from the zombie or something like that. I think I could only name one that might be a famous book of zombies, The Last Kids on Earth. Last Kids on Earth is a book series I read, and it's about this... I think 13-year-old kid named Jack Sullivan, and he has to survive the zombie apocalypse, but there are only a few people left, and they're all kids. Night of the Living Dead might be a movie that would be popular. The great thing about a lot of the characters and creatures that we talk about on Unspookable 
are that, yes, they can be scary, but they can also evolve as our imaginations evolve. Where not too long ago, pop culture was only full of the shuffling kind of zombies with a one-track mind for human brains, now we also have characters that are a little more complicated, with wants and needs that are pretty much human. Maybe you've seen the movie Nightmare Before Christmas. Think of the character Sally. She was created by a not-so-nice scientist. She's stitched together and somehow given life, much like a zombie. And yet, she seems to want the same things humans want. Not to eat brains, but to have meaningful relationships. To be understood and cared for, and to care for others. Zombies have even broken into the genre of romantic comedy in movies like Warm Bodies, where humans and zombies try to figure out how to be together. As funny as it may be to think about zombies in love, there is still no shortage of zombie apocalypse-type tales. No one really wants to think about a pandemic that could turn all of humanity into monsters. So why do we tell so many stories about it? Why are we fascinated by them? Maybe it's because we humans are afraid of being wiped out. We are afraid that illness or scientific experimentation will go too far, resulting in something we can't control. Humans do a lot to control our environments and create what we think of as civilization. So a threat we can't control? That's scary. The other part of the zombie fear is about mortality and what makes a human human in the first place. We will always have questions and fears about death. That's perfectly normal. Perhaps zombies are ways of asking what happens if people come back to life? If we know that zombies aren't exactly human, but are close, maybe that's helping us ask ourselves, what does it mean to be human? So really, with all the different versions out there, perhaps zombies are just as complicated as the humans who have created them. They can be scary or kind, threatening or caring, depending on the story. Because creating and telling stories about zombies is just another way that humans try to figure out what separates us from the things that we are scared of. Thanks for listening to Unspookable. I'm your host, Elise Parisian. This episode was written by Eleanor Riley Condit, produced and edited by Nate Dufort. Our theme song and additional music composed by Jesse Case. Our logo was created by Natalie Kewen, with episode artwork by Sarah Stitches. Special thanks this week to our guests Blythe, Al, and Olivia. If you enjoy the show, make sure to tell your friends. You can leave us a rating and review in your podcast player of choice, or share an episode on social media. Speaking of social media, you can find Unspookable on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us for a peek behind the scenes and for updates on the show. Unspookable is part of the Soundsington Audio Network, committed to making quality programming for young audiences and the young at heart. For more information on our shows and the people behind them, go to www.soundsingtonmedia.com.
For over six years, The Past and the Curious has been winning fans, sharing stories of real people from the past, and making people smile. I'm Mick Sullivan, author of I See Lincoln's Underpants, which is a book about, well, famous people's underwear. You'll find all of those stories and much, much more in the 100-plus episodes of The Past and the Curious that are currently available. Find it in all the usual podcast places. The Past and the Curious with Mick Sullivan. That's me. <laughs>